0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's crack a This is a unanimous decision with the voice in your ears, Adam Kaplan. Super excited tonight for this podcast with my very dear friend, Jordan Fishman, from the Granny Shot Podcast, baby. Talking basketball. How we doing?
1: Hey, bro. How you doing? Uh, man, uh, I'm very happy to be here. Very excited to do this alongside you, bro. We've been boys for a very long time. Always yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always competitive, always playing together, you know what I mean? And uh, this is going to be great, man. I'm excited to be here. Thank you.
0: For Thank sure. You. And what, what a night to record a podcast after a buzzer-beater victory by the Toronto Raptors finally against the Boston Celtics.
1: Bro, uh, absolutely insane. Um, it didn't look like the Raptors were going uh, to make it, man. They were this close to being down uh, 3-0 in the second round, which is obviously very crucial. No team has come back from that. Uh, Very clutch shot by uh, O.G. Ananobi with 0.5 seconds left. Amazing, man. I'm very happy to see that.
0: So what is it in the series that is putting the Boston Celtics ahead against the defending champions?
1: Ultimately, uh, in the playoffs, man, it comes down to uh, your three best players against another team's three best players. And Boston is showing that their three best players are just that much better uh toronto definitely has the depth. talk
0: talk to me about boston's three best players who are they
1: so you have kemba jason brown and jason tatum
0: kemba walker
1: yeah kemba walker dude all-star elite point guard uh great shooter uh he does everything matt and then Jalen brown and jason tatum they're just two wings that can do everything uh they're amazing athletically they can shoot fundamentally sound it's uh it's
0: very impressive whatever happened to rosier
1: uh, so he's on Charlotte right now. So
0: he's still in the league. He's still in the league. That's uh, what's up, man. Uh, yeah, you just okay. don't hear much
1: about these teams. He's still balling. I he mean, had a stint. Not...
0: That's what happened, right? Like a Jeremy Lin type right. Of thing? Right, so he
1: played in the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was honestly, it was less hype than Lin uh, than Sanity. But uh, he played really well in the playoffs when they had him for that run, uh, when Kyrie got injured. But, uh, yeah, he's in Charlotte. They made a good trade. And, uh, look, uh, you're not going to get much uh, recognition on Charlotte, especially because they're not – First off, even if they were a great team, it's not a huge market, but they're also not a very great team this year. Maybe in the process, we'll see, a couple of years, I don't know, Michael Jordan hasn't shown that he's been the greatest uh, owner of a team, but who knows, so we'll see, they have a good draft fired. pick, well, you know, let's see, but they have a very high draft pick, I think they're the first, second pick uh, in the draft, so... uh We'll see. Maybe they can pick someone up and do some good things.
0: For sure. So you did mention Jalen Brown and also Marcus Smart, right?
1: Marcus Smart. Well, he's been shooting – I did say Jason Tatum. but It was Jason Tatum. But but Marcus Smart also – it's funny you bring him up, bro. The guy's been shooting lights out. I just saw a stat earlier. Uh, He was like 30% in the first round from three. So far in these two games, he's hit 11 – before this game just happened, he was 11 for 20 on three point attempts. And he literally last game, he hit like five threes in a row. One was a four point play. Like he was just going off scoring threes. And ultimately the Raptors aren't going to expect that from a guy like Marcus Smart. You know, Sometimes that happens in the playoffs, and it's... Uh...
0: Right, and that kind of seems like the the curse of the Raptors is the strength of their bench. You know, I think I felt last year their bench was quite strong compared to this year, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I'll i admit I haven't been watching much basketball, but, you know, that's why we have you on the show as as the expert here. But I kind of think that the Raptors' bench uh, usually is what hurts them.
1: Well, so the bench is... is... I wouldn't, I'm gonna, I, I would agree with you, but where I would differ is essentially what you're doing is you're taking Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably one of the best players in the league, potentially the best playoff player in the league. So you're asking a guy in Pascal Siakam to be your first uh, guy, your first option as a scorer, which you're seeing in these playoffs is not really happening.
0: And even last year we saw inconsistency. Right. So, what, so no shock there.
1: Right. So when you're doing that and you're taking that guy who's gonna score, Uh, It takes the load off the other guys, but because you don't have Kawhi Leonard, these bench guys that you're discussing, although they played super well during the season, playoff basketball is is very different. uh, You're asking them to do a lot more that maybe, not necessarily they can't do, but you're missing that that star. And uh, like, for example, me and uh, Ariel, my co-host, were talking the same thing. They don't have that closer on Toronto that we thought Pascal maybe would be able to step up. And unfortunately, we're not really seeing that in these playoffs. I think
0: it's Van Fleet. I think Van Fleet is the closer.
1: Yeah. Well, so we're seeing that ultimately, people's perspectives were Siakam would take the reins, but we're seeing that, yeah, Van Fleet, and even Kyle, Kyle Lowry is going to have to step up. Van Fleet also, uh,
0: he's that guy who's going to need to be—he's uh, going to be—he needs to be much better. I just don't see Siakam playing the same role as Kawhi Leonard in the sense of just simply having the same confidence. Uh, When the biggest moments matter, I just think that Kawhi Leonard is the epitome of the Iceman. And I just think that Siakam is something that uh, that is just a mentality that I don't think that Siakam could channel into. And that does kind of and that was that left me fearful when Leonard left the team, because I kind of felt that it left, you know, that that he gave that bitterness to the team, that coldness. And I feel like they lost that a bit. And and that that's why it's a little bit saddening, but I'm happy that they did go up, you know, tonight and, and were able to close the game. Right. But, uh, you know, so you also have to talk about, though, both teams are young, right? Yeah. Both teams are quite young, but it, it just seems as if the Celtics have a little bit more gas towards the end of these games. Right.
1: So uh, I would look at the comparison between a guy like Jason Tatum and Siakam, for example, Uh, Jason Tatum is a guy who can create his own shot and is showing a lot of maturity, especially, uh, you know, being a young guy. He creates his own shot, makes really tough shots, where, in contrast, Siakam is still a guy you need to feed him in the low post. You need to, you know, give him his layups. He's not a guy who can necessarily create his own shot. He misses the
0: big shot also.
1: Right, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. And you need that in the playoffs. So even a guy who's willing to take them. So I don't even know if Siakam is willing to take them, whereas Tatum is not scared, Uh, to miss if he has to but he can create his own shot and same thing Jalen Brown is also really really good for that team
0: let let me just stop you there though circling back to Tatum uh, and, and Siakam Tatum is clearly the shooter in this conversation of the two of them
1: yeah Okay, so I mean, Siakam's on a bad catch and shoot.
0: No, but I just think that you know Siakam thrives better by driving to the net, shooting field goals, and rebounding. That's what I think he thrives on, and I just think when he'd be on the perimeter trying to trying to shoot at the same time as Kawhi, because you know the three point trend is the biggest thing. Right. It it just, I, I just didn't think it would fare, and I just didn't think it was faring well. And I'm not, I don't know his statistics. I'm not a stats guy. I don't know his percentages. You know. But from what I'm seeing here is that we, 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 all, we always see, though, in basketball that a lot of guys tend to avoid to do the little things, and they always want to do the big things, right. the slam dunks, yeah. winning championships, yeah. fucking winning scoring titles, things like that. That's why when we got to watch The Last Dance and, we, and they spoke about some of the guys that were the utility men, you know, that's what it's all about, man, because w- when we're watching these games, all we're talking about ever are the stars and the stars and the stars, now we're drifting. I could go on forever. Um, one thing that we'll go to is is that how do you see this series playing out in Boston and Toronto? And then we're going to go on to the other Eastern Conference game, which is looking interesting right now with the Milwaukee Bucks versus um, versus the name that escapes me again. It's happened twice already Miami. tonight. Miami. It yeah. happened uh, earlier before. I, I I can't seem to remember Miami. I'm not I'm not uh, shooting shots at Arielle that's or that's anything, but
1: insulted go on uh you know I think uh Raptors will uh kind of get it together right it's not going to be done in five uh I don't think this is the only game they're going to win I think uh it's going to go go deep because the Raptors bro they can make adjustments they have the coach of the year uh and again their depth is insane so uh you just hope that their main guys will step up a little bit and and give them the points and everything that they need and then the depth will you know hopefully work it out uh, as far as the Bucks, and let Atlanta, me just
0: make yeah. my prediction. Sorry, sure. I like I said, you're the expert, but what I will say is, I'll say Celtics in six sure. or Toronto in seven, and I think that the only way that the Raptors will rally this series is if you go on Google and you check the stats and you see that Van Fleet and Siakam have both put up thirty plus points and that Lowry has not fouled himself out. I Agreed. I agree. That's my point. Agreed. That's my point. Agreed.
1: Lowry played really well tonight though at the beginning of the game. He came up I love Kyle rest. Lowry. So you need that. You he's, need a he's
0: a fucking dog. dog. Yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog and yeah. he's a different he's a he's a different type of version of a player we're going to talk about later this evening in Chris Paul. Right. But uh, similar similar at the same time. Yeah. I just think Chris is a lot smarter.
1: Chris but knows how to get I'm out right. of getting
0: fouled. Yeah, it, it, Chris knows how to slide off of the yeah. players like slime baby. Yeah. Lowry unfortunately is like a car with shitty brakes. Sure. That's just the way I view it. Yeah, um let's go on to uh let, let's do it baby. Let's go to the Bucks. You know, one thing that I love about the Milwaukee Bucks is, is that they were a team when we were growing up and we were playing fucking video games. You ain't picking the no, Bucks? Never. Are you kidding me? Never. No. 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 Now we're at my bachelor party, whatever it is. We got the Bucks and the Raps on yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. Uh or semifinals. It
1: was the semifinals, yeah.
0: Semifinals. The finals was with the Sixers. Oh no, sorry.
1: Semifinals was with Sixers. It was the
0: finals with. The right, Sixers. I believe we had the finals on with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. And what, what a just a tremendous series. I mean, look, I think Giannis is uh, is is a great star. Yeah. I'm just loving the fact on how the NBA is able to now rally behind these European players. Yeah. Like, bro. Like Doncic. Like, I just feel like guys like Doncic and Giannis are getting l- so much more love in a shorter amount of time yeah. than guys like Novitski. Guys like, like, like man, Bargnani got drafted. Man, they were booing him. They right. were booing him. He right. didn't have the same skill as Novitski. He right. didn't have the same skill yeah. as Doncic. But I just love to see. Even Bojan, you know, they love him out there yeah, and whatever yeah. it is. I just love how these European guys are getting a lot of shine out there. And even American fans are recognizing that the FIBA isn't a joke.
1: No, for sure. For sure. There's a lot of teams, uh, when they play internationally, I mean, ultimately the U.S., you're putting NBA players in there. So more often than not, it's a wash. But you have teams like Serbia is really strong. Spain is really strong. If you have you have some teams that give them some, some Once good- upon a time,
0: Argentina, yeah. Greece. Right. Yeah uh australia is a is a little is bit strong. is a little they bit competitive there, spain yeah. i think you mentioned fuck yeah, you strong. know a once upon a time yao ming era china was up yeah, there a yeah. little bit yeah. you know i i believe the bucks had a chinese player for a little bit of time who who was a tall guy uh maybe uh i i don't know the name yeah, but i don't um, i think he was on the bucks yeah. i'm not a hundred percent sure but yeah. um so how are we looking for this series? Because look, the Bucks are down zero and two. Giannis looks a little bit disappointed, and uh, we saw that beautiful thumbnail picture of Giannis and uh, and Jimmy Butler, right. you know, with the pouty lip.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, man. Uh, as much as Giannis is a he's a beast, bro. Like he's doing things that no one's done before. He's having one of the greatest offensive seasons. He he's doing some absolutely incredible things. The difference between regular season basketball and playoff basketball is that the game slows down a lot. Even during the regular season, Miami kind of had uh, a good strategy for Giannis in that they were able to to like put up a wall, and they have one of the best defenders for Giannis in Bam Adebayo. So, uh, you know, Giannis his bread and butter is in transition. He runs quick, brings up the ball, does a spin move, puts it in the basket at a high efficiency. Uh, But man, this is like the epitome of needing a jump shot, a a respectable jump shot as a superstar. Because if you can't shoot, you're seeing what's happening in that sense with Giannis. Is that When you don't have a jump shot, people are letting you shoot and you're not making them. And they know what you're going to do. They're going to give you space. And you can't drive into three people. You're seeing him call it, like turn over the ball at a higher rate than he was during the regular season. He's not playing as well because you need to be able to have a jump shot. And that's the only knock, unfortunately, uh, on Giannis at the moment. is just that he doesn't have a respectable shot. And you can leave him and give him space. And you're okay with it if he makes it.
0: This is one of the craziest notions that we continuously talk about. Even a situation with Marquise faults uh you know what it's like how do you get that far along without a proper jump shot you know what I mean but on the football side for example it's like look how many quarterbacks have gotten away in high school and in the NCAA with just being athletic and not actually having a good arm right you know what I mean and then they get to the league and they get found out and it's like chow bye yeah so it's just crazy to see how like even with the athleticism and the evolution of the game, like how the fuck doesn't Giannis have a fucking jump shot? Yeah, uh, look, man. And it's a strong statement to make to say that an NBA all-star player doesn't have MVP. a jump shot.
1: MVP is even bigger, right? Like, Use the he's the MVP of the league. Last year, and he's going to be this year. Again, he's going to win it back to back. And that's the craziest part, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that's – I find it crazy. And look – it's nuts because the stuff that he was doing during the regular season and what he did last year without a jump shot is is ridiculous. But again, it, it's it's the contrast between regular season basketball and playoff basketball, where right. it slows down right. and the scheme on defense. You know, in the playoffs, you know you're playing against the same team for you know a maximum of seven, seven times right. before. So you're you're game planning specifically every night. For some, you know, this one guy. And again, like I said, Bam Adebayo is uh, he was a candidate for most improved player. He's right. extremely uh, great defensively, and
0: during the season, he held Giannis to his lowest stats against anybody else. Unbelievable. Yeah. How do you see the se- the series closing out? Well, hold on. You know what? You uh you you brought up a lot of key points about Giannis. Talk about a little bit about the rest of the Bucks players. Right. And, and, and a little bit about the heat.
1: So, uh, look, uh, the Bucks. I find, look, they're a great team. Like, Brooke Lopez, great center, another guy who's very good defensively, who's also a guy, he's a center who can stretch the floor and hit threes. He, he wasn't shooting it very well. Uh, you have uh, Bledsoe, who's not playing at, at his best. Uh, look, they have some good players, and ultimately, Chris Middleton, he's there is supposed to be their second guy in command. And the games are going to be decided on if he can, you know, score above his season average. I had the same conversation on my podcast as well, where we were discussing Chris Middleton and saying like, you know, yeah, he averaged 21 points a game during the season, but in the playoffs where, again, you have to account for Giannis, maybe not being as dominant, he needs to step up and, and score more and do a bit more on the floor. And that's their second guy, uh last game he had a, he had a very he had a good game but ultimately he needs to produce more if yes. the bucks are going to win.
0: Yes. Okay. Now I just want you know the, you spark something that I I want to talk about, you know. Um is Giannis going to realize this year that LeBron James once realized after coming short up against these championships that he cannot do it alone and that he might have to sacrifice his reputation of representing the nation or the state of Milwaukee and the pride that comes with it and maybe pack his bags and go elsewhere. Or does Giannis have to sit down with management and say, you need to put a pretty penny on, on, on a number two. Uh,
1: So there are talks uh, in his free agency uh,
0: that he actually might be looking towards going to Miami and also Toronto. Uh, I did see talks about Miami Historically speaking, let's be honest here, he would choose Miami over Toronto due due to the weather, due to the taxes. Um, They are in the same division. And also at the same time, what is more appealing, Giannis and Jimmy Butler or Giannis and the Raptors? I'll be honest with you. Giannis with the Raptors is far more appealing due to the organization being far, uh, in my opinion, primed and ready to win more championships. And also, I just feel that the Raptors have hungrier dogs on the team and have a younger squad to be able to prevail. I don't think Butler has that many years. Yes, he's competitive, but I don't think that he has that many years left. I think that, you know, especially going farther maybe than, you know, the Heat barely made the playoffs. Uh, They were...
1: They were fifth or sixth. Okay, never mind. Yeah, they, okay, they okay so they
0: was, were they were pretty respectable. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? I'm talking a little bit of shit here. I'll backtrack. But what I will say is, is that I just think that as you stated off the record before we were talking that maybe P- Jimmy Butler went to Miami to retire, I just think that these big playoff losses that guys like Butler might serve, guys like Chris Paul have served, bro, those eat at you. And those wear at you towards the end of your career. And and not every guy is like LeBron James to be able to answer that bell every year. But, like, again, I know I'm talking shit because Chris Paul has been in the league just as long. Right. And has lost just more big games than LeBron has. LeBron right. has won more games and yeah. whatever. So I know at the end of the day I'm sliding a bit on both sides. But wrap the shit up for me. What do you think about the heat in Milwaukee? Who's going to take this?
1: Uh, well, look, uh, statistically – uh, it's looking like the Heat are going to take it, and bro, uh, again, they match up super well against the Bucks and their team. They're playing really well, And They have a rookie in Tyler Hero who's been
0: playing really, really well. And a talk lot to of- me about Tyler Hero because I know that this guy got a lot of clout going into the season, and I just feel that um, I, I just feel that a lot of the shine went on goes on Jimmy.
1: Right. So look. He's a guy – every rookie, they come in, like, he, you know, he
0: went to Kentucky. He was a shooter.
1: And over time, you saw – and you're seeing now in big playoff games, like, he has the ball. He's sometimes making plays where he's the primary ball handler, making great plays. And and he's doing – you know, he has, like, a, a good amount of responsibility for an offense, for a good team. Goran Dragic, again, he is playing out of his mind. Uh,
0: you know, people – yeah, like Such a good player. Such a good player.
1: don't, you know, really – Look at him as that guy, but he's playing incredibly. Another
0: you know? European player yeah. that that you know, I think he's getting more love than than most guys of of his of his descent in right. the, in the earlier yeah. eras have gotten for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, Goran came from the Suns, right? Yeah, he was on the I Suns. mean, he was doing his thing there too. Luckily, yeah. he got the fuck out of there. But you know, listen, man, for these guys to come up and and be able to to thrive in these settings against the the MVP. In Giannis, it's very impressive.
1: Yeah, the, look, uh, I don't think anyone expected this. To be
0: quite honest, uh, it, it's it's a big move. Yeah, they're they're playing really well. So ultimately,
1: I'm gonna, you know, I originally thought the Bucks, but after being down two zero, it's I got very tough to come back from that. So uh, look, I still give the Bucks some. You know, I, I think now at this point, I think it could go to seven as well. I think, it, I, yeah, think the, yeah. I think the Bucks could come back, but ultimately, it's gonna take quite a lot.
0: Well, I I think the interesting thing is, is that the game is in the bubble. I think had Miami had to travel to Milwaukee, right. especially in September, I think that things would change differently. I think that the players in Miami are a little bit spoiled. And I think that that is, to my next point, one of the allures to the Miami Heat winning games. Mm-hmm. Bro, when a team like Miami is winning players want to go to that team. Yeah. They want to enjoy the weather. They want to enjoy the low tax. They want to enjoy the liberty and freedom of the state of Florida, the craziest fucking state in the land. That's true. And they want to be able to win championships or contend for them there too. So it's so dangerous when the heat are on top, like yeah. we've seen before with Shaquille O'Neal and yeah. Miami. You thought I was going to say Labrizi first. Fans, not fishy. Uh, LeBron <laughs> yeah. and and then LeBron and and, and Wade and, and, and Bosh, you know? So I don't see Giannis going to Toronto. I do see him absolutely going to Miami. I have to ask you a real question though. Uh, is Hassan Whiteside still on the team?
1: He's on the uh, Portland Trailblazers. He's on the
0: Trailblazers. Yeah. That's and he crazy. He played pretty
1: well I mean, he did okay for them. He's not, you know, he's he gets his points, but he's not he's not amazing. He's he's okay.
0: He's an all right player. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I I I I remember when he was playing for Miami. He was asking more than he was worth.
1: Right.
0: Um, okay. So let's go to the best Coast, baby. And that's the West Coast. Yeah. That's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look, growing up. I gotta say, I was always a, a, an Eastern Conference type of guy because I, I I do like the Raptors. Right. It sucks seeing them at the bottom of the pool, you know, in the Paul Mitchell era and shit like that and whatever it was, and you know Kobe dropping that eighty one on them. Yeah, that was a legendary evening. And uh, you know, I've always been a West, an Eastern Conference type of guy, but you know, you've always time and time and time again got to give into the Western Conference. And one of the things as me as a fan that uh, made me go more towards a Western conference was Steve Nash. Right. Because he was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks yeah. and then he went to the Phoenix Suns. So it was a no-brainer to be following the West for a little bit, especially, you know, with Nowitzki with him in Dallas. And then also when he went to fucking Phoenix Suns, he had Amari, Raja Bell. Great team. He had a solid team. I, you know, and those were those were one of those teams that was like, I can't believe they didn't get it done, man. Yeah. But again, like One of those things that Giannis is facing right now with the Bucs, except not as good as a team in the sense of the supporting cast. But like, dude, Steve Nash was NBA MVP and didn't get it done. And I wish, you know, given that we're talking about a couple of NBA NBA MVPs, we had the stats on hand to see how many years an NBA MVP won and didn't win the championship that year. Because I actually would think that the theme is quite fucking common.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Who won
0: it last year? Youngs. okay there you go lost who won it the year before
1: uh it was james harden i believe lost yeah
0: Chow. okay there yeah. you go you know,
1: so i think the only one really in the last couple of years would have been lebron he won it like uh multiple times mm-hmm. and he won pimpin it. ain't easy
0: if your name is lebron yeah. breezy Kevin
1: Durant won. Russell Westbrook, uh, didn't win uh curry i think won it the year that he got it
0: right it's, it's it's I got you I, I right? got you you're saying
1: where yeah for sure I you know, got the you times, uh, the most
0: Like, bro not everybody can be Tom Brady you know what I'm saying yeah
1: it's true
0: so you know how are we looking here with uh with the Denver nuggets facing off with um with the clippers uh, yeah uh well so what game. a crazy yeah. like when I I've when you said it was the Clippers again you know I remember seeing the clip of Jamal Murray being like we gotta play in two days yeah they they did they play tonight they're playing yeah, uh, yeah, they're playing now. They're playing now. I please. So let's put up the score right now, baby. So when Jamal Murray went on and said, "Holy shit, we have to play in two days," so the Clippers are up seventy-four to fifty-eight against the Nuggets. Yeah,
1: uh, look, even with fatigue, like fatigue is a big thing. They just finished a
0: seven-game series, coming
1: back from three to one against the Utah Jazz, who put up a great fight. Uh, Jamal Murray went off, but dude, the Clippers are—they were my pick to win. You know, I, I was rooting for Dallas in that like you saw a young team and like I love Doncic. Uh I was rooting for them to win, but ultimately knew that there was no no really chance that they were gonna win, especially with Corzingis getting injured. Uh so Clippers are my pick, are are still my pick to win the NBA championship this year. I just find that they're too strong. Denver's a good team, fine, but uh Murray is a great player. He played absolutely uh phenomenal against the Jazz. But not really a guy who plays like that consistently. I mean, I don't well, fair to say that no guy really plays that consistently where they're scoring fifty right. games, like or averaging like you know thirty five points in a playoff. That's series. fair. That's fair. Uh, but still, even during the season, he wasn't even a twenty points per game player. Inconsistent. Jokic is amazing. Uh, they're they're missing Will Barton, who's a big key to their team. The Clippers are just way too strong. Man, their depth is is is. It just goes and goes. They have scorers. They have best defense. They just have everything, and it, it they're going to be so tough to
0: stop. And they have Kawhi Leonard. Well, you know, Kawhi Kawhi's uh, the leading scorer right now, currently uh, for for the Clippers with nineteen points, yeah. two assists, and two rebounds. But we're not really going to focus on that too much. We're just going to focus on the actual series. Right. Um, one of the things for me is is that obviously you have that deadly superstar now in Kawhi Leonard leading the squad. Yeah. And then, you know, you do have Paul George, who is a little bit of a Jimmy Butler right now. He's a little bit in, a bit in a, He's he's a bit of a traveling man, I would say, and is trying to find a home. I don't know so much if he's trying to find a home. I think he's just trying to find a ring. And, yeah. you know, that's why guys are so upset with KD is that he went to Golden State – to ring hunt and he got it fucking done and that's why they're upset about it so the thing is with pg is that they're upset at the fact that he's not getting it done you know he did go to okc last year bro i was sitting on my couch yesterday i was waiting for pg to get subbed in for the thunder right i didn't even remember that he went on the clippers you know but then then i look at this and i and i look at the team in the denver nuggets you know like dude Jamal Murray and and, and alone, it's like, this is a strong team.
1: They are. Like very these
0: guys team. have size. Yeah. And these guys are athletic. Yeah. My fear with the Denver Nuggets is that they don't have longevity. Don't, hold on. Before I even say anything, the Clippers ain't got no longevity either. In the next, you know, besides Kawhi, you know, PG's out of there. Beverly's going to be out of there in five, all in the next five years is done with. My problem with, with Jochich and, and Jamal Murray in the next five years is these guys are so big and so athletic that I don't know if their bodies are going to be able to withstand all of these minutes on the floor. Right. That's one of the things that I would think is more fearful. Uh, the Clippers are gone because they have guys who either have, you know, they have guys that have, have worn their heart and their soul on their sleeve for the, for the, for the organization in Patrick Beverly, great defensive player, great gritty player. And then they have fucking Paul George, who, you know, a little rang hunting and whatever it is. And then they have Kawhi. So a little bit of a man-made team is all saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas whereas the Nuggets, this is something that was drafted. This is something that was organic. Yeah. But I just, you know, unfortunately, we all love that organic story, but unfortunately, the manufactured design in right. the NBA yeah. seems to always fare, um, which sucks. And that's why we loved uh, the Chicago Bulls is that as much as it was manufactured it was organic. Yeah, it was agree. truly organic yeah. as and and you know it only became manufactured after they started winning so it wasn't that bad. Right. I'm rambling now but one thing I will say is is that the Nuggets and and the Clippers is a great series because it's it it you know the mainstream fans are like yo let's just get Kawhi in here and get him another ring right. but true NBA fan, NBA fans saw how out of breath and how exhausted Jamal Murray was after beating the Utah Jazz, yeah. you know, and that just that type of heart and that raw vulnerability that you see in front of the camera is a rare situation. Guys like LeBron, they're so professional, they're so PR uh, coached that, that you don't get to see that side of them. And when we got to see that about Jamal Murray, yeah. you you wish. He- you absolutely just wish that Jamal Murray had those extra few nights of rest. He he was so shocked that he had to play tonight, September 3rd, Thursday evening against the Los Angeles Clippers and and, and like I said, you just wish that he had those few extra nights in in the bubble, in the hot tub, getting massage whatever it was. Maybe see him play Saturday night so that we could have a fresher version of him, but no, they are down close to 20 right now against the Los Angeles Clippers and I just want to go on the record and say that the Los Angeles Clippers are not winning the NBA championship this year. And I just think that after, you know, the Indiana Pacers did blow it with Paul George, uh, you know, with, you know, not resigning him and giving him the big money. And he said, fuck y'all, you guys don't want to win. Then he went and started shopping around and whatever it was. And I just think now he's trying a little bit too hard and he's not going to be able to do what LeBron James did and he's not going to be able to do what Kevin Durant absolutely did as well. What do you think about that? Well,
1: so yeah, I mean, look, it's a second round playoffs, right? Like you would love to see Jamal Murray come against the Clippers and score the way he was with Utah. The difference also in that is that like, The Clippers play a different coverage on defense and stuff like that. That's not necessarily uh, great for guys like Jamal Murray. Uh, Again, I will have to go on record and disagree with the fact. I think the Clippers are going to win this year, and I said it already, just because of the depth and the skill level. Uh, You know, again, they have Kawhi, who is a robot and can just will any team. You saw what he did. The Iceman, baby. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, absolutely insane and then yeah look i i understand what you're saying about paul george and that and we saw a little bit in earlier in the first round where look he doesn't seem to have that alpha personality and look it's very tough in the nba to have that not every guy is able to have that uh but the thing about paul george is that he's still super skilled he's he's a tall guy with great offensive uh great offensive skill and also super great on the defensive end so Uh, those two guys being the front runners of your team is already a really good start and then as you mentioned you have Pat Bev who is super like tough great defensively a lot of heart and is really like that guy who's gonna be uh, who has the passion he brings the passion for the whole team but they're so balanced they have a Morris twin a tough guy who can play offense play defense Lou
0: Williams who is just a pure scorer they have it all, man. And that, Another guy really, who's a part of the heart and soul of the team.
1: Yeah, uh, and like so, they just have it all, and, and that's where like I look at a team like the Lakers, and yeah, okay, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and there's a reoccurring theme with LeBron James's teams is where you have a two headed monster in LeBron and someone else as his side, you know, kind of sidekick, and uh, just killing it. So, uh, but they don't have the depth, and the thing is, the Clippers before I mentioned that the Bucs don't have that, you know, or uh, sorry, the Raptors don't have that closer, but they have the depth, but the Clippers have both. They have Kawhi in that closer, but they also have the depth where they got you defensively one to five. They have you on offense. They could take over the mismatches where I'm a little concerned uh, with the Lakers. I'm slightly concerned with the Lakers
0: against Houston, to be quite honest. Okay. So let's just close this out. Uh, Do you see the Clippers sweeping?
1: Uh, Honestly, I could see it happening. I don't think it will. Uh, I could see
0: the Clippers easily I, going I, up two games. I
1: could easily. This is a series where I guess just because we haven't seen that much from Denver, and I'm saying that after they went to seven against Utah, but the Clippers, again, they're a different team, and I just don't know if Denver, especially – probably being as fatigued as they are especially their stars being that tired. Uh I could see it, you know, kind of going 4-0 or even a 5-1 if you want to give the Nuggets at least a game.
0: Yeah, I I definitely see the Clippers at least winning this series uh uh 4-1. It'll be either it'll be either four nothing or for 4-1. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way that I see it. I I just think that you know, unless there is a break in the schedule that the Nuggets could recover. Right. Unfortunately, otherwise, I just think that all the residual effects of inflammation and soreness, etc. Yeah. will will take its toll and the uh, just the sheer, you know, skill and talent of the Clippers will take over. But again, I don't think that the Clippers will win uh, the NBA championship. That's just my thought. Um, so moving on, let's get to your favorite team. The Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Uh, you know. Versus the Houston Rockets, yeah, the man. Rockets,
1: yeah. So, uh, look, man, I was slightly disappointed with. Well, the you Houston know what? Let Lakers me let me you. start
0: with something sure. first. Let Go me ask on. you a question. Yeah. How does Russell Westbrook and James Harden work? So, that's a great question. Uh, at
1: the beginning of the season, it, it didn't. Uh, you know, Russ was a guy who, you know, takes a lot of shots. James Harden is a guy who takes a lot of shots. But at the beginning of the season, we saw Russ maybe shooting more threes than he should and all that type of stuff because that's not the type of player he is. Uh, now you're seeing the reason why it works is because Russ is a guy who can drive to the basket very well, uh, get guys to you know step up on defense and he can kick out to the other shooters where if it is James Harden or the other guys in the rotation like pj tucker who is like one of the best corner three shooters in the nba this year uh and then james harden can also create but the thing is james harden can also play off ball uh and then again you stagger their minutes a little bit so when one is on the bench the other one's you know kind of taking the lead role if you know with some of the bench players and stuff like that um yeah but at the beginning of the season it was not looking like that but over time chemistry develops right and they're both high-volume scorers, uh, and somehow, yeah, like I said, they're just – James Harden plays off. Russ uh, being smart and not taking his low-efficiency three-pointers uh, is actually helping the team a lot, even though they do kind of run the offense around hitting threes. He's that guy who will take it to the basket, and he can kick out easily. He's a great passer, a great playmaker, so that's uh, ultimately what's helping them a lot. What do you mean by
0: low-efficiency to three-pointers?
1: Well, Russ is not a great three-point shooter at all. Oh, we're talking about Russ. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah, so uh, look, the guy, especially in OKC, and look, maybe you have to. uh, You know, it's also the guy who's willing to shoot that shot even though he's not a great three-pointer, which which takes a lot of guts. But at the same token, uh, you're shooting a lot of shots per game and you're not a very good three-point shooter. At some point, there's a balance of is it hurting my team or not. And uh, I think at the beginning of this year, it was tough for him to find that balance of am I shooting too much? And ultimately he made the decision that he was and he changed his game a little bit. And now him and Harden work really well together.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very clear that they do work well together. They have made the playoffs every single time that they've been on the team together. Right. So it is clear that they do work well. It is nice to see that the former NBA MVP in Russell Westbrook has been able to adapt to James Harden a little bit more because, you know, he is moving into his turf and Russell Westbrook is an alpha male and is a very territorial guy. So it's just nice to see that he is actually a malleable player, which we all knew he was deep down, Um, you know, but I just got to think that it's has to be a little bit frustrating being uh, a, a Houston rocket and not being Russell Westbrook or James Harden.
1: Yeah, but I mean, look, the thing is, the team is is made up of a lot of guys who the NBA kind of gave up on. So I think that's why it's like a lot of these guys have chips on their shoulders, as well as like, you're coming into that offense, you kind of know your role right away. And, and you're being paid for those types of things. Like they have Ben McLemore, who's having a great season, a lot of guys like, you might not even know who he is, for example. Like, he's he's just not a, a
0: no-name guy. Jeff Green is having a great season. Right. But when you say that they got passed up on and they have a chip on their shoulder, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, look, like, if, if a team doesn't want you and then all of a sudden you're looking at this offense and and, and a coach thinks that you can be
0: used. But why and- Houston then? If they're a playoff contending team, why are these guys viewed – as uh as an asset to this team is what i'm just curiously wondering like asking you and another thing is is that you know what i remember is growing up is that d'antoni is the coach right yeah i felt like when he took over the suns when nash was there i believe yeah he shit the bed uh, I, I i personally feel that any team that i've seen him coach I've never been a fan of him as a coach. That's fair. He's never been my favorite coach. In fact, he's my least favorite NBA coach.
1: That's very fair. Uh, well, I mean, look, again, we even said before how tough the Western Conference is and uh, those Nash Suns. I mean, look, he established at the time, uh, you know, uh, he kind of paved the way for fast offenses that we see now in today's game. And ultimately, you're looking at these guys in the Rockets and, and you have – two MVPs on the same team, right? So you don't really need another superstar. You need those role players that are really, really key. And uh, so, yeah. So again, they're not made up of a lot of great talent outside of Russ and, and, and James Harden, but again, you don't really need it. You need guys who are going to, are going to play their role properly, especially in the offense. And their offense is basically live or die by the three in, in purest form, because, They're going to take 30, 40 threes a game, every single game. They make them, they're going to win. If they don't, they're going to lose.
0: Right. So how do you see the series playing out with with, with the LA Lakers and and the Rockets? I just think that if there were fans in the stadium, tickets would be valued at so much fucking money because there are at least four NBA MVPs on the court. Right. In Anthony Davis, LeBron James – Um, And and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So it's just like absolutely crazy that, you know, this is all through like VR and webcam and like Lil Wayne smoking on camera and people find it funny. Let me tell you something. off. uh, Let me tell you something. If they allowed the uh, fans to smoke weed or allow the celebrities to smoke weed they would get so much more viewership because fans would just feel like they're sitting there with, you know, Lil Wayne and smoking a joint with him because they're doing (laughs) ultimately the same thing. Right. And, you know, in my opinion, the future is, is that most of these, all of these people are going to be sitting with VR goggles on. Right. And what's going to happen is, is that me and you and everybody else are going to have the same seats that Jack Nicholson had at, at the Staples Center. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And you're going to be able to sit in the comfort of your home, home and pay, you know, $250 for the season. And you could basically sit courtside in every seat in your house. And that's just my theory. That's my opinion. Dude. That's what's going to happen. I don't All want right. to take it down that road because that's, you know, the way things have been going in terms of conspiracies and, and politics. We're not going there. But one thing that I want to know is is that how is LeBron James – who is LeBron James guarding in this series? That's what I want to know. Who is Anthony Davis guarding that's, in this series? Cuz these guys, I don't think are fast enough to be able to keep up with Harden and Russ. That's that's the thing and and that's, you know, that's the biggest thing in
1: in that uh where the Lakers are the weakest, the Rockets are the strongest is at the guard positions uh ultimately like I don't think LeBron is going to take the task of guarding either one of those guys it's very possible that the Lakers try and establish a lot of switches with Anthony Davis because he's able to guard one through five James Harden will exploit that in my opinion just because he's such a a skilled one-on-one player uh but that that's honestly like that question is literally the question of all NBA fans and, and analysts like the big men are not going to be able to keep up with Houston and their small ball. The Lakers are going to have to go small, and they don't have
0: the small ball guys. Yes, I mean, they gave away Lonzo yeah. Ball. Kyle yeah. Kuzma is not I, – I. he's I He's I not. He's, he's clearly not stepping up to the yeah. plate enough. I actually think, you know, God bless him, but in this situation, Lonzo Ball would have been maybe somebody that they could have used further along in this series.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, look, I didn't love the move for Anthony Davis. I understood that the Lakers needed to make a play and make a move. And ultimately it paid off for both teams. If you really want to look at it, Pelicans are playing, you know, they have, you know, they need some time, but the Lakers got Anthony Davis, man. And you're going to get Anthony Davis. Unfortunately, you're going to have to give some, some stuff up. The thing with Kuzma was that he was a 27th overall pick. So his salary is not going to be as high as a guy like Lonzo or Brandon Ingram. So it was also a contractual thing, hoping that Kuzma would pan out a little bit. Uh, but no, you're right. He's not stepping up as he's supposed to be the
0: third option. He's not being that at all. And, uh, but let, let's be honest here. Any team that LeBron James has been on, there has never really been a successful third option. I mean, let's Kevin be Love. honest. Kevin Love was. Okay. Look, so that, that is Chris a debate. That is a debate that you and I have had before about Kevin Love. And I jumped the gun on and you dropped the stats on me and, and you, you were obviously right in the end. I do believe that Kevin Love was a good asset. I just truly believe that when I look at LeBron James, I always feel that he likes to work in pairs yeah. and he doesn't like to work as a trio. Right. I feel that, all, you know, look, Chris Bosh kind of phased himself out because he's a little bit awkward. Okay, sure. that yeah. that that's yeah. one thing. But let's be honest here. Chris Bosh could ball. Yeah. Chris Bosh could ball.
1: I mean, he's... He's the guy who got them the rebound and gave it to Ray Allen for that clutch three against the Spurs. Yes, sir.
0: And that is one of the greatest moments in NBA history. One, we were watching that at Manwar. I remember that. We were sitting clutch, in one of the corner cave spots. Of,
1: of basketball. One
0: of the clutchest moments. And then they went on to Game 7. Yeah. And they beat the San Antonio Spurs. And that was one of the craziest moments in in, in history yeah. as, a, as a fan, in my opinion, because I'm a LeBron James guy. Right. Okay. Okay. If 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 God forbid LeBron James was in that helicopter, I would have felt the same pain in a way that you felt because I just feel that the fact that LeBron could go out and do what he does year after year and 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 mainstream media and people could go on there and insult his integrity and his losing streak and his hairline, people don't understand what it's like to be able to go through that many games in a season year after year. And be able to go and 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 play for that NBA title, and just the sheer uh, will and grit that LeBron James has put out year after year, I just think is is a crazy thing. And I actually think that it's exciting that LeBron has been on multiple teams because we've seen different forms and generations of of LeBron James right. almost yeah, like a, almost like a Dragon Ball Z yeah, character, you exactly. know, but yeah. the thing is is that obviously LA is the last place this is the helicopter landing pad Yeah. and um you know ultimately I you're you're absolutely right they are a big man game and they're going to have to play a little bit of small ball but The thing is with the Houston Rockets is because they have two guys that are very quick on the trigger, the Houston Rockets are just as capable of shooting themselves in the foot with, you know, uh, turnovers. And I actually think that the biggest fucking thing that's going to come up in this series is rebounding. Because for every shot that Harden and Russ lose, there's going to be AD and Labrizi under the net, or maybe Kuzma or whatever it is, and there's other utility men that I don't know. Um, and and those guys are and especially on the Rocket side are going to have to fucking work because LeBron's going to take a lot of shots.
1: Right. So and that's exactly like you make a good point, but that's the thing. The Rockets have those those guys. Like PJ Tucker is a is a fucking dog. He's going to fight for every. This rebound. is why I have
0: fishy on yeah. the show. Hashtag fish knows. <laughs> well, appreciate that, but yeah, PJ Tucker.
1: Tucker is a is a dog, man. He fights, and the same at the same time, like yeah, Davis gets rebounds. LeBron isn't so much in there getting getting you know fighting for boards. He kind of gets the the ones that just kind of trickle off the rim and no one's going for a little bit. Uh, Lakers bigs are absolutely unplayable in this series. You cannot play Dwight Howard. You cannot play JaVale McGee. You just can't because they will not be able to defend anybody on that team. So you're right in the fact that the Rockets will need to be fighting for rebounds like crazy, which an ultimately super underrated thing because you need those ultimately to have possession of the ball. Uh, but again, PJ Tucker is a dog. Uh, they have a Robert Covington also same thing. Like he's like a, he's not a, six, eight as their center playing, you know, that, that's absolutely
0: insane. And, um, for whatever reason, six no eight for a center small. Bears that's small that's clearly now? yeah. yeah LeBron is close to six eight. Yeah, it's okay. Small. It's small. So talk to me about yeah, this guy I, because he must be a freak. Well, so look, I mean,
1: not it's, not, it's What's his name
0: dude, again? Robert Covington, and he plays for the Rockets. Yeah, and he's their center right now, but he's not a natural center. And do the Rockets play predominantly a zone or man defense? No, they play man
1: defense. Okay. Which is so, surprising, dude. They have a great defensive team.
0: I think that the Rockets could also play zone just because of the fact that both of their guards are are big athletic right. guys that yeah. could cover a lot of space. Yeah. Dude, Ru- Russ could cover a quarter of the court For defensively. Sure. 100%. Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that would be very I just think it would I, I don't it's know. It's tough to play zone in the NBA just because the ball movement is, is so um and it's, so it, elite. it's
0: too competitive. It's too competitive to be able to be stuck in, in, in a certain right, zone, you, you know grab what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, so you don't want to let some
1: guy get hot,
0: dude. You've like been that. watching film on a guy all fucking week, and right. then you have to stay in one yeah, zone, dude. Yeah. When you're when, imagine, you know, imagine year after year if you're playing football and you're a corner and you have to line up against a rival receiver, and after that receiver, and you have to play cover zone, and after that receiver runs ten yards, you have to stop and then pick up the next you right. know closest receiver right. or tight end on the under on the uh, on the under uh, of the route. Yeah. It's very frustrating. You want to go dog to dog, mano a yeah. mano with yeah. this guy, it's, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the playoffs, it's it's
1: a big thing and you have like Russ who probably has the biggest ego in the NBA. There's there's no way if D'Antoni suggested his own Russ would just would just tell him no.
0: So so what are we thinking for the series because I think that this is going to be one of the hardest ones to call. But to some people, I feel like they think it's going to be the easiest one to call. So
1: there was a stat that came out. I, I forget exactly who. It, it's a. I think it's a, It's an AI um, thing. And they actually had the Lakers at a 35% chance to get out of this series. I happen to disagree. Ah, look, you have LeBron.
0: 35. That sounds low.
1: That's very low. Let me ask you something.
0: Is this LeBron's first season with with the Lakers? It's his second. Yeah. How did they fare last year?
1: Uh, They didn't do incredibly well, but that's also due to injury. LeBron was out for quite a few games. They never had a full roster. Brandon Ingram missed a lot of games due to blood clot. Lonzo Ball had ankle injuries. Who did they lose to? Uh. They didn't re- make, they make the made playoffs the last year. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. I yeah. remember that now. So uh, I love how I could go from spinning so much game to not knowing what how they fared last hey, year. You know what? Uh
1: for someone who doesn't necessarily watch basketball and is super passionate about it, you you have the uh
0: the knowledge you're a sports guy. Absolutely. So through and know, through. Yeah. And you know, I have one of you know, just to give you some context, just uh, you know, whatever. Me and Jordan grew up about uh Twenty feet from each other, yeah. And uh, Jordan used to be outside there every single day playing basketball, and uh, we used to play. We used to play football all the time, yes, also. Sir. And uh, you know, we had we had this one move called the running back pass, yep. where I would get pitched the ball, and they didn't realize that Jordan could then run out and run that route, and I'd just throw him the ball. And he would catch that, and we win that on the final no, play every time. No one we wanted would only, to play us, man. No one wanted to play us. It was one of those things where it was, uh, it was, it was one of those tandems on the street. You know, look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think the other the other homies on the street would could even hang with it, at yeah, all. But it, yeah. you know, it was one of those tandems that was uh, very, very, very chill. Yeah. Um, so, where are we faring in this series?
1: I ultimately think, man, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't see LeBron letting Houston beat them. Uh, it's gonna be very tough. Now it's it's hard for me. I don't want any game. I don't want any series in the second round to 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 not be seven games. Like we missed out on, on on quite a few games during the season. And yes, we're seeing great product in the NBA bubble. I just want to watch basketball, man. And
0: these series are so. The amazing. more the merrier. Yeah, I, exactly. I got you, baby.
1: Especially this one, man. It's so intriguing because we've never really seen anything like this.
0: I can't. I, I just want to know how much tickets would be valued at. Oh, my God. They would God. be valued at so much because yes. let me tell you something. What people don't understand is, is that the city of Houston is a beautiful city, gorgeous, gorgeous city in, in the state of Texas. And so is Dallas. And I just think that people don't take that into consideration. Right. Like, you know, what's funny is is that all these folks are jumping on the Texas bandwagon because Joe Rogan is moving to Texas oh, now. He? Yeah, he's moving back. to Texas now. He, he's sick of LA. There. He thinks LA is a little bit of a danger also due to the fires and also just all of the corruption and the coronavirus well, and just blah, 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 blah. seems
1: like a guy who wants to, to get out a little look, bit. And-
0: Listen, man, at the end of the day, if you look at these southern states, the for the money that you could get, you know, for the money that he has and what you could get yeah. it versus what you get in California, it's 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 unmatched. Oh yeah, 100%. it's like us moving out to Hudson or right. R- R- yeah. Rigo, rather. Sure, yeah. Rigo. Okay, would, even so further. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you get yeah. offered all those acres and blah blah blah, so you know what people don't take into consideration is that yeah, the city of Houston, those seats would be packed to the will be packed to the to the to the bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing as the Staples Center. You have to think about all the celebrities that would pay top dollar especially in the corona era to get out of the fucking house. Oh, for so sure. these seats would be actually huge. Look, the way I look at this series is is that I think that it's going to go at least 6 uh, at yeah. least 6 games. Yeah. It's going to go at least 6 games. The reason why I see that is is that, you know, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are dogs and they're still going to have their days. Just like LeBron is, but what is going to fare late uh, is is what's going to happen. What's going to sorry, what is going to decide is what is going to happen later on in the series. Yeah. Okay. Because of when fatigue sets in, depending on how many times LeBron has to carry the games on his shoulders. Right. Okay. That is one of the the stories. How many times is AD and Kuz going to let him down? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think. And then on the flip side, how many times is Harden actually going to, you know, miss offensively?
1: Yeah. And then how many
0: times will then Russ feel like he has to take over? So there are a lot of dynamics and storylines that play in this um, that I think is actually interesting because what do you feel about this? But this is my theory. I actually think that because we've seen LeBron play so many games and Harden and, and Russ and AD and whatever it is, you know apart from AD, like, we've seen, you know, just as much as we've seen consistency, we've seen inconsistency. And we've seen consistency in big moments and inconsistency in big moments. And it's just interesting to see now how everyone's paired together in this game. And, like, how the fuck is this all going to fare out and and play? Well,
1: ultimately, like you said, Anthony Davis is is definitely, like, their key guy that they need to step up in order for things to happen. And I think, quite honestly, like, this is a series that, this is kind of Anthony Davis' series in that he makes and breaks at this this series because they don't really have a guy who can guard him. Uh, he's great in the mid-range, he's, he's good in the post, he's a good shooter, he's athletic, he's big, he's strong, so they don't really have any guy that can guard him as far as one-on-one. Uh, and again, like, like I said before, the, the Rockets, the whole offense... Uh, is is run by liber- literally live or die by the three, and there, there's nothing else aside from that. And Harden is the the main driver of that. If Harden's not scoring, you know, you'd hope, like, they have Eric Gordon who can step up, and, yeah, they have Russ who, who will do things. And, again, if he continues to play the way he's playing now where he's not forcing tough shots, they can still stay in the game because they have shooters all across the board. Yep. But, again, if, uh, if they're not shooting great as a team – and their three pointers are not going in then, then they'll lose just based on the fact that that is their offense that and that is and that's the philosophy of the whole thing it's it's not it's literally what Dan
0: Tony wants it's what
1: james harden wants and it's why they have the other guys in their team
0: now would you say that a team that plays more of the three pointer type of ball um like, do these guys put more miles on their body than the guys that play more in the field and play more of that driving to the net and play more of that? Obviously, they they're, they have to be a little bit less sore than the guys that play the physical game. But, you know, how does a guy like James Harden, you think, feel versus a guy like LeBron, who could do a little bit more around the court?
1: Uh, so, like, it also depends on who, you, like, for example, if you want to take, like, Golden State, who has Klay Thompson, a guy who, who's just a pure three point shooter. Uh, yeah, I mean, his body is probably, you know, pretty decent. I mean, compared to like a guy like Steph Curry or even James Harden where they're dribbling the That's ball. That's like, you know, But again, if you're an elite shooter, uh, the Rockets offense is slightly different because you do have guys that are purely just sitting in the corner waiting for the ball to come to them. There's not a lot of off ball movement. Whereas like a Golden State team with Curry and Clay, like they just constantly move. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, James and uh, James Harden and and, and LeBron uh, have a similar type of style, whereas they always kind of need the ball in their hands. Uh, the only thing with LeBron is that he's also double the size of James Harden and can just truck through anybody. So for him, like literally anybody who touches him, he's he's making them fly. Whereas James Harden might have a little bit of a harder time. He's not a strong. He's on as big. Right. right. So uh but in the sense that like you know the only difference is that James Harden is, is going to be the guy that really takes someone else one-on-one defensively breaks them down and uh we'll either do a step back we'll make them jump we'll make them uh we'll foul them and that's also where Harden gets a lot of his points is that he gets to the foul line more than anybody else so um uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this series
0: it's super interesting who do you got
1: the Lakers are going to win.
0: Lakers in six?
1: I would say six, yeah. I, I would definitely say six.
0: Hashtag fish knows Lakers, knows. Lakers in six. I got to agree with him. I got to go with Lakers and six also. I think that LeBron is going to have a big series, but I actually think that AD is going to play a really big role under the net in the sense of getting those uh, those rebounds after these guys play that fast-paced ball on uh, by shooting a lot of three-pointers. Fish, I got to thank you for coming on to the show, man. It's been a fucking absolute pleasure. You've been a beauty. That was 60 minutes of, you know, just pure, heartfelt, passionate basketball talk that the unanimous decision and myself has never really had. So, you know, hoped everybody liked it. I know everybody liked it. Fish, where could they find you? Where could they, where could they know you? And uh, and tell us.
1: Oh, first I want to uh, thank you for having me on. It was a great conversation, always fun. Uh yeah, so uh if you want to listen to more basketball content, uh you can find us uh the Granny Shop podcast on SoundCloud for now. Hopefully we're gonna get onto more platforms soon. Uh yeah, me and my boy Ariel, we're doing uh hopefully doing some big things. If you're into basketball, uh hit us up.
0: Absolutely, and stay tuned for my bonus episode where I talk about five players with fish. Bow. We'll